You're listening to My Circus, My Monkeys, the podcast for supervisors in education or any field that emphasizes growth and development. If you want to reign in the chaos and transform your team to better serve your students and clients, keep listening. This podcast explores essential information on supervision, employee engagement, and using a strengths-based framework to empower you and your team. We'll examine the latest research in psychology, neuroscience, education, and beyond to help you and your team get to the next level with your host, Ann Brackett, the Chief Engagement Officer of Strengths University. Hello and welcome to episode 112 of My Circus, My Monkeys. Last time, Alicia Woichu and I discussed what we wish we would have known about supervising back in the day. But that was actually just half of our discussion. Today, I want to share the rest of what we talked about, specifically setting boundaries, being intentional, and creating complementary partnerships. Now, even though that seems like three separate things, in reality, they all tie together in ways to increase your wellness and productivity at work. When you add in those things to your routine, you can start to shift the culture at your institution and in higher education. So here's our continued conversation. When you work together, you know, you develop this culture. Mm. So that, of course, made me think about higher ed in general. And so there are things that you pick up working as a group and working in this field that can be positive, like you were talking about. But what are some things you think that maybe are not so positive that certainly we're trying to address, but that are impacting people in a way that is not good? Mm. I think the first thing that comes to my mind is that most people go into higher ed because they want to help people or they had a really powerful experience around education or have a very strong belief that education is one of the ways to to change the trajectory of the future and people's individual lives and their entire families, right? Like I think people come in to higher ed for a very noble purpose. And I think one of the hard things that comes with that is it can let us be taken advantage of by systems that are possibly created with good intent, right? We want to help all the students and do all the things and make all the things excellent. But sometimes the people that, you know, those systems that get created out of that. And again, because we're, we believe in the thing that we're doing, people can get really taken advantage of or overworked and underpaid, but feel like, well, I've picked this profession to help people. So that's what I deserve, like not in a, I don't know, super negative way, but just that, well, it's education. I'm, I'm here to help. It's not about the money. It's not about what it's giving me, but instead what I am able to give. And it's a really hard balance, I think, for folks to to walk that line between understanding I am giving my best and I'm giving my all. But that 
giving my all and giving my best doesn't mean I'm giving everything to work. Mm. And it's a hard thing, I think, for folks to wrap their head around that it's okay to have boundaries and say, no, I can't do this. Or yes, I'm I'm tapped out. I, I, I We need to address this thing because yeah, serving students and working in the institutions that are doing that, the work never ends. And that can be really, really hard. That makes, yeah, absolutely. And so do you feel like boundaries is really the thing that we need to be focusing on? Because I, I know that's a pretty hot topic. And I know you've said in in other things that we've done together that even in the parenting stuff that you're into for your tiny humans, you know, mm-hmm. bound the talk about boundaries is is everywhere. Yeah, I think it is everywhere. I think it's again like the the idea of quiet quitting. I think it's definitely one of the most important things. Yes, in higher ed, I think it's important. It's showing up globally and definitely within the United States. Um, and again, thinking about parenting and reframing what all of that looks like. Um, I do think that boundary work really encompasses so much of the challenges that people have, right? Not understanding or being able to articulate, this is what works for me. This is what doesn't. This is the space that I inhabit. And this is the space that work inhabits. And, you know, it, it all does go together. You don't, we don't have, well, this is my work life and this is my home life. And this is my giving life for, you know, those kinds of things. But I do think, again, for people to be able to understand and articulate the things that give them energy, the things that weigh them down and being able to talk about those things in a way that is not about, you know, I refuse to work hard or I refuse to, you know, work a a random shift or, you know, whatever it might be, but instead having clear understanding of what you can give when you need to tap out and, you know, when you need to ask for a pause or again, when a behavior is not okay. so again, yes, a very long answer too. <laughs> I do think that boundaries kind of encompass most of the challenges that that people are facing. Sure. That was a long answer, but that's okay. And honestly, so far this has taken kind of a negative turn, which was not my intention. Um and and I guess you know what? Uh maybe I need to to reframe how I'm interpreting this because I I actually don't think it's negative. I Mm. think that it's embracing the truth of the situation. And, Mm. you know, I think that we need to realistically do that because I like, I have positivity. That's one of my, I think it's my number six and folks with positivity. and, And, you know, I think that People for a variety of reasons tend to, you know, because we are a group of people that we want to help people and we can reframe our own discomfort and exhaustion as, well, I just have to keep pushing because then I can help people. And the same thing with positivity, like let's find the silver lining, even if the silver lining is like a super thin thread and, you know, it's a this overwhelming dark cloud, you know, we have to acknowledge that 
there are issues and we have to stop and address them, or we just keep going and going and going and driving ourselves deeper into that exhaustion. So, so all that being said, you know, I think a lot of what we do with Strengths University is helping people reframe the culture that they work in, the stories, the beliefs that they have, you know, around setting boundaries. Cause I think a lot of folks don't feel comfortable setting boundaries, you know, like whenever I, I don't know if you've had this experience, but when I'm coaching people and sometimes when I suggest like, well, have you told your supervisor that you and your team are unable to do that? You know, often the response is, well, no, I can't, I can't tell them I can't do something. And so the question then of course becomes, well, where's the line? Like if you keep getting asked to do more and more and more with less and less and less, I mean, is it just when you drop dead from exhaustion that that's that's when you can't, oh, you literally can't, oh, you're dead now. Okay, so I guess you won't be doing that. So how can I turn that into a question for you? What do you think that folks need to do, you know, because everybody's overwhelmed. So what do you think folks need to do in order to start empowering themselves and getting out of the systemic quagmire that seems to be weighting so many people down? I feel like one of the challenges that I have experienced and I know folks that we have coached and I have coached experience is that so often there are so many things that we do that are nice and are beneficial, but we don't have any information if they're actually making an impact. Mm, We believe that they are because either we've done them or it's a system that exists. So we feel like we have to do it. And, and that feels really, really hard because, you know, changing a system that you don't necessarily control can, you know, be frustrating, challenging, um, can keep you feeling stuck because you, you can't actually change it. But I think one of the things that we need to be really intentional about doing is actually that word just about being intentional. And so if, there is a process or a system or a thing that you are doing that is like, I don't, this takes so much time or energy or effort, but I don't know if it's making a difference. Being able to sit with that and take some time to think like, how can I share this concern with my supervisor or with my, um, you know, my team or as these things are coming in, being able to articulate it in more than I'm exhausted, I cannot do this, but instead working to be able to talk about these are the challenges that I see um, or can you help me understand the why behind this to to work to open up those conversations. Um, so that's a really, really like big picture thing is forcing yourself when you notice that there is a system or a project or task that you have to do that's overwhelming and exhausting checking in with yourself about truly is it something that might be able to change even if you don't 
you haven't seen it change before, but you think that maybe there's a better way or a different way, or I don't think we're getting a result out of this. Being able to sit with that and then work on ways to have an open conversation around that. Um, But again, that's a very big picture. I think probably the foundational step in that, that people can actually do on the daily is really pay attention. Again, be very intentional about noticing this is where I feel frustrated. This is one moment where I felt joy, right? Um, I think some of the terms that are out there, like the the trigger, again, that's mm. completely over overused, but noticing the things that make you feel negative, that make you, again, feel weight down or sad or <laughs> whatever it might be. But then also giving equal importance and noticing the glimmers, I think is mm-hmm. one of the words and terms that is used out there. Noticing the things, oh, wait, I, I do see this thing making a difference for my team or my students. I do think that see this thing individually for me, making me feel happy and joyful or in this moment fulfilled. And the more that we can get clear on that for ourselves Again, the more we can notice, okay, is this a bigger system thing that maybe needs to change? Or is this a task that I need to try to find help delegating or finding a strategic partner that can help me through that? Um, That to me feels foundational and much more manageable of being very intentional every day, forcing yourself to build the habit either in the morning or at the end of the day, maybe at lunch, right? But building the habit what were the good things today and what were the challenging things so that you can notice that and, and figure out how to move through. So you talked about strategic partnerships. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like folks lean into partnerships enough or do you feel like everybody's just trying to do everything themselves? I think it really depends on the culture that your team has created. Mm. And I think we coach a lot of people that feel like they're doing it alone. And, you know, even just yesterday, we were having a conversation that there's somebody like, yeah, I don't, I don't have anybody to ask, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that gets to a much bigger piece of this conversation as well. Both when we shift to the idea of employee engagement, people feeling like they have a best friend at work is incredibly important to how well people are going to be and feel at work. Um, and then, you know, the CDC just, right. The CDC just announced loneliness as a, you know, a, a huge concern for, especially in the United States. And so thinking about the question, and then of course, this is where my connectedness sends us all over the place, but thinking about the question, do people lean into strategic partnerships Again, I think it's so case by case. Overarchingly, I would say probably not. I think oftentimes we get locked into, well, this is my role. This is what it says I'm supposed to do. This is what I signed up for, as opposed to, okay, this is a thing that's challenging me. Is there somebody else that can either help me think of different ways to do it, help me understand the why behind this, or is this truly something hey, I can never master a VLOOKUP. Can we trade some task, right? Can we trade this Excel task that you know how to do? Can you do that? And I can take something else 
I can take another student meeting off your plate or, you know, how do we find these things to work together? Um, and again, that's, I think one of the things that's so great about strengths is it gives you so much of that shortcut language to have a sense of, okay, who do I know or who on my team might find this task or find this thing enjoyable? Who might I be able to go to, to give me a whole bunch of different ideas to, to start with or to move, um, move the needle on this. But I think it would be huge if we could continue to build better community in our teams, in our institutions. And um, I think that to answer the question in one word, (laughs) no, I don't think people lean into strategic partnerships enough. (laughs) All right. Excellent. Well, thanks for finally getting, no, Um, I think that's a, that's, I think you went a lot of places, but I think that's good. And honestly, for myself, had you asked me before we worked together at the College of Pharmacy, like, do you prefer to work independently or with a group? I always said independently. In fact, I remember in high school, I played tennis and I never wanted to play doubles because I didn't want other people depending on me slash I did not want to be responsible for us failing. But Mm. After having worked with our small team, we worked so well collaboratively. I preferred working in a group. And when I had almost anything to do, I would think about, okay, who am I going to talk to to make this part happen? And I feel like that was one of the times in my life where I was the most creative, I could do the most things. And that, of course, is when we started using strengths. But even before then, just like there's this intrinsic, like, oh, I needed to brainstorm. Let me, where's Aaron? Oh, I need to figure out logistics. Where's Alicia? Like, oh, I just need to get things done. Where's Rebecca? Or where is my, where are my student workers? You know, so I think that you can get way more done and feel like you're using less energy. And, you know, it's just this more invigorating process when you do embrace other people's strengths and you start thinking about how are we doing this together instead of this is my list that I have to get done. And I guess maybe fingers crossed, somebody will ask if they, if I need any help, but otherwise it's all mine. Mm-hmm. So I think that your long answer was great. It hit on a lot of points. As, oh, you know, thank you. At least for me. And that's honestly why I'm doing this is just for my own. <laughs> Isn't that why we do anything at the end of the day? Well, it kind of, yeah, that actually is. But now we're going too deep, too, too deep. Okay, so even though we ended up in a seemingly deep place, Alicia is absolutely correct. Everyone operates from a place of what's in it for me or WIFM. Even if you think of yourself as being completely selfless and a giving person, the reason you do that is because you're getting something out of it. When you think about setting boundaries, being intentional about what you're doing, and working more collaboratively, it's really about asking yourself what you would get if you did things differently. It's about challenging yourself and your stories so you can upgrade the benefits for you and the people who depend on you. So if you're saying yes to everything your supervisor asks of you and your team, what does that give you? Peace of mind that you won't be fired? The ability to stay in your comfort zone because you've been taught not to question authority or stand up for yourself? 
you're getting something out of it, even if it's also exhausting you and depleting your well-being. You're getting something out of it, even if that something is driven by fear. That stress response thinks that the things that you are currently doing are helping to keep you safe. But are they? Perhaps in the short term, but what about in the long term? Now, what would having honest conversations with your supervisor and setting boundaries for you and your team get you? That's going to be different for everyone, but maybe it would challenge you to learn how to be more assertive. Maybe that would allow you to better support your team. Maybe it would empower you to stand up for yourself and your well-being. Maybe it would give you permission to look for a job that better matches your worth. Our brains only do things that reward us in some way. The question really is, are those things for your long-term well-being? Or are they just getting you past a short-term hurdle? If you can start to create healthy boundaries for you and your team, be intentional about assessing where you're spending your energy, and find complementary partners across campus in your life, you will be on your way to upgrading exactly what you're getting out of the things you do every day. As always, Alicia and I are here to support you as you reflect on where you are and where you want to go. One great way to invest in yourself and your team is to join us for the summer cohort of the Supervisor Strengths Institute. We are revamping the Institute this summer to make it even more manageable for your busy schedule. It is the same great content, but we've condensed it so you can work through each week's modules and start implementing change even faster. We know that life can too easily get in the way of you staying on track, so we've also added a bonus for everyone who completes all eight weeks of learning. You will get an additional 60 minutes of our time, and you can use that for more individual coaching, a short team session, or to receive a discount on a longer team workshop. Our Summer Institute starts on May 28th. Go ahead and register now. Check it off your list. We want you, your team, and your students to shine their brightest. And that starts with you. So join us for the Summer Institute using the link in the show notes. Or if you have questions about the Institute or other services, contact us at Anne, and that's A-N-N-E, at strengthsuniversity.org. Thanks for listening to My Circus, My Monkey. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as other episodes, on our website, www.strengthsuniversity.org slash mycircus. If you found this podcast valuable, please share it with your friends and colleagues so we can empower and support supervisors everywhere. Finally, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode.